0: Do you have a message or a specific expertise you feel called to share with the world? Today, I am super excited to introduce you to the co-founder of ClickFunnels, Mr. Russell Brunson, and share how he can help you embrace your vision. Have you ever wondered why life just doesn't always work out as you'd like? Join me as we learn the skills to stop reacting to what occurs or doesn't each day and dig deep to find our vision, discovering those things that will truly bring us happiness in life, relationships, and business, guiding you on a journey to paint what you envision and then create it. We only have today, this very moment, and each one is a present waiting for you to not only see it, embrace it. Welcome, I'm Tony Go and this is Embracing Vision. It is my privilege to welcome Mr. Russell Brunson, the man behind the movement of entrepreneurs who use his easy-to-use software as a tool to share their message, products, and services with the world. Thank you for joining us today, Russell. Yeah, man, glad to be here. For those of us who are just starting down this path, what mindset helped you to achieve success and you have seen help others find their success?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest one I can share is the one that I see most people struggle with that I have a chance to work with, um, is people are so scared of losing that they never try. And I'm grateful that I, I grew up as an athlete and I was a wrestler. And So wrestling, wrestling's a tough sport. It like it's you in a single, which is embarrassing as can be, walking on a mat with someone else and you wrestle. And at the end of it, either you hand raise or you don't. And, you know, I did that for a decade and a half of my life. And so it's like, I and so many times I would go out there and I'd lose and like a hand raised and I had the pain of that, but I'd, get, I'd turn that pain to anger and then I'd go back, work hard and watch the film and come back, you know, three months later, wrestle the same person we'd beat him and like, it was just constantly like losing, uh, adjusting, learning, coming back and winning and it was like, for my, my whole life, that's what I did. So I got in business, it was never scary like to try something, I would go, i try something and it didn't work, like cool, I learned something, I would adjust, I'd go out and try the next thing and like, I never had that fear of failing because I just, I was so used to like, you fail, that teaches you what you need to tweak and you come back and you win. And like, that was always my mindset. And I see so many entrepreneurs struggle with that. i like, what if I fail? What am I, what's my spouses and my kids, my friends? Like I told everybody I know that I'm an entrepreneur now. And if I try it and I fail, like, uh, and I don't want to lose that. And so they're so scared to like take that leap of faith because they don't want to, I think sometimes they have this dream of like what could happen and they don't want to lose their dream. What if I do try this? And it doesn't work. Then my dream is dead. It's because of they sit in this phase of like just learning and studying because there's comfort there. They, they're. There's no accountability, and they been stuck in the spot for, for a lot of times years and years and years. And they'll never do anything. I think the biggest mindset thing that I can give people, and I wish I knew how to train it or teach it better. You know, Tony or you know, the personal development guys can, can teach this way better than me, but I just know that, that for me that's what's been successful is not being scared of failing. Like, I always tell people, like, here in America, like, the founding fathers gave us the greatest gift on earth. They gave us the gift of, of the bankruptcy laws. Like worst case scenario, you fail and you go bankrupt, and then they, you start over. And like it's not that big of a deal. You go back. It's like the board game, right? Monopoly. You go back to home and you start back over again. But people have so much shame of like, what if I fail? It's like who, who really cares? Like almost every hyper successful person knows gone through bankruptcy at least once, and a lot of them three or four times. Um, and so it's like don't like don't be scared of like just trying. Because worst case scenario, you go back to home and you start over, and you don't really lose anything. Um, it's just that fear we have of like what do people judge us and it doesn't really matter um, you know, all the people that judge me when I was failing like half of them work for me now half of them you know what I mean like and now they're like man like, I don't know how we stuck through that it's just like understanding that that you're going to go through that but when you get to the top it doesn't matter and like that'll become your story so it's just like you need those stories so go get them quick because they're super valuable in the future
0: I love that with all of your success right now can you describe to the audience a little bit about what is driving you now?
1: Uh, what drives me today is like, it's so fun. Um, and each of those people are entrepreneurs, right? And so looking at the stories of each entrepreneur, like like one of them, uh, I could pull a dozen off the top of my head, but Like one of them is Kaylin uh, is, um, Poland. So Caitlin is one of those 80,000 people. And she... Uh, someone who uh, she's like five foot one, she lost a whole bunch of weight, and now she's helping women lose weight. She's helped um, I think they have like 1. 1.6, 1. 1.7 million women who have come through their trainings, um, like hundred and fifty thousand have bought their courses, the supplements they've helped like, millions and millions of women to lose weight, to, to feel better about themselves. And like and they literally have changed the world for those people. And that's like one human. Like that's Kaylin Poland, right? And then there's another one like Dr. Waible, she um, she helps doctors who commit suicide, um, help help Stop that! Right, she's helped save over like 150 doctors from suicide. And you look at the doctors and you look at the doctors' victims, doctors' families, like, and how that ripple effect—how many people's lives have been changed because of one other entrepreneur? Yeah, Chris Ward, uh, Chris Beats cancer.com like, He uh, naturally cured himself with cancer. He helped tens of thousands of other people do that, and use the platform. And like, we helped him amplify his message. Like, how many people was he affected? You got Stacy and Paul who saved over ten thousand marriages. We helped get their message. Like, every every one of those people's names on that board is somebody who's causing ripple effect in their in their sphere of influence. And I'm like, literally for us, it's like hundreds and hundreds, maybe even billions of people's lives are being changed because of the work we're trying to do here. And that's what fires us up. And every time we see that number that go up, like, that's an entrepreneur who we can help magnify their message and how how is that person going to change the world? And-
0: Russell is promoting his book, Traffic Secrets, and has agreed to share a chapter from his book.
1: Section one, your dream customer. The phone rang. It was Chad. Well, he was Chad to me, but to his patients, his name was Dr. Wollner. Hello? I answered. Hey man, I know it's late, but do you have some time to talk? I'm in a really bad place right now. Sure. I quickly responded. I'll be right over. Just five years earlier, Dr. Wolner had graduated with his Doctor of chiropractic degree. Shortly thereafter, he moved his family to Boise, Idaho to work as an associate chiropractor for a new clinic in town. His goal wasn't to work for someone else, though. While Chad was an amazing chiropractor, he's an even better entrepreneur, and he wanted to start his own practice. He went through the process of writing a business plan, getting a small business loan, remodeling a new office, getting logos designed, and everything else that goes into starting your own business. I knew that business had been slow ever since he had opened his doors, but I didn't know how slow until I got to his office that night. I'm not going to make it, he said. We're out of money, and we have no way to get more patients in the door. I spent some time talking to him about the situation and gave him some possible ideas to get more business. This is something that hit me like a ton of bricks. I went to college for four years to get my degree, and then I spent an additional four years at chiropractic college to become a chiropractor. In all that time, not once did they ever talk about how to actually get patients to come to my clinic. Isn't that unbelievable? They could lock up an entrepreneur for eight years to teach them a skill, but not even spend 10 minutes showing them how to market that skill? To me, it's the biggest problem with our education system, and it's one of the biggest issues that plague new entrepreneurs in any market. They believe that if they build a great product or create an amazing company, the customers will automatically follow. I see entrepreneurs who will invest every last penny they have to create the products and services they think will change the world without ever considering who their dream customers are or how they're going to reach them. They'll happily invest in coaching, product creation, design, education, almost everything, but when you tell them to buy ads on Facebook or Google, they freeze. Or when you tell them they're going to have to put in their own time and sweat equity to get visitors organically, they often think that they're above it. Some think, my product is so good, I don't need to pay for traffic. Still, others believe that they're entitled to customers because they feel they built a better product than their competitors. So they wait, all the while thinking, if I built it, why aren't they coming? Yet after coaching hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs, I can tell you that people who put all their focus on creating something amazing, instead of also focusing on getting people to actually see what they created, are the people that fail. The biggest problem they have is getting their future customers to discover that they even exist. Every year, tens of thousands of businesses start and fail because the entrepreneurs don't understand this one essential skill, the art and science of getting traffic or people to find you. And that is a tragedy. I feel like I've been called and placed on this earth with a mission to help entrepreneurs to get their messages out to the world about their products and their services. I strongly believe that entrepreneurs are the only people on earth who can actually change the world. It won't happen in government, and I don't think it's going to happen in schools. It'll happen because of entrepreneurs like you who are willing to risk everything to try to make that dream become a reality. For all the entrepreneurs who fail in their first year of business, it's a tragedy when that one thing that they risk everything for never gets to see the light of day. Waiting for people to come to you is not a strategy. But understanding exactly who your dream customer is, discovering where they're congregating, and throwing out hooks that will grab their attention to pull them into your funnels, where you can tell them a story and make them an offer, is the strategy. That's the big secret. The good news for Dr. Wolner is that after that night, he started geeking out on funnels. He built a client acquisition funnel and learned how to buy ads on Facebook and Google. His funnel now generates new patients him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and to this day, he has a thriving practice. I'm assuming that if you're reading this book right now, you have a product or a service or a skill that you focus countless hours on mastering. This book will become your education on getting people to actually see your art. This section of the book will be focused on answering two very important questions. Question number one, who is your dream customer? And question number two, where are they congregating? When you have a perfect vision of who your dream customer is, it becomes easy to find out where they are congregating. On the contrary, if you don't have perfect clarity on who that person is, it's really hard to find them. When you have completed this section, you'll know exactly who your dream customer is and where they are hiding so you can get their attention long enough to tell them your story. Secret number one, who is your dream customer? I don't know if Alexis will like this, said an executive at Sally Beauty Supply. Confused, my friend Perry Belcher said, what? He set down his new scented hand sanitizer that he had brought in to pitch at the meeting. He picked up his new UV nail polish, handed it to the group, and said, "Okay, well, how about this product, he said. They looked at it, opened it up, and smelled it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Alexis won't like this one either, they replied. More confused than ever and now a little frustrated, Perry brought out his third and final product to pitch to them. In a similar fashion, they looked at the product, gave it a quick once-over, and said, Sorry, Alexis definitely wouldn't be interested in this one either. More frustrated, Perry looked at the two executives he was talking to and finally blurted, "'Who is Alexis? "'Is she the decision maker? "'Why isn't she in this meeting instead of you two? "'Is she here? "'Can I just talk directly to her? "'I know that I can convince her "'that your company needs to sell these products.' There was a moment of silence and then both the executives burst out in laughter. "'Alexis isn't a person. "'She's our customer avatar,' one replied. "'What?' Perry asked. "'He had never heard of a customer avatar before. "'I'm sorry, I don't understand. "'Alexis isn't a real person?' The executives just smiled at each other and then asked Perry to follow them into another room. When they entered the new room, he saw a wall full of pictures of Alexis, a fictitious character who represented Sally Beauty Supply's dream customer. The wall also featured a full bio about who she was, how many kids she had, where she lived, how much money she made, and the type of home that she lived in. The executives then went on to explain that everyone in the company was trained that when they made any decision about what products to purchase, what colors to use in their stores, or what branding, what ads to run, what promotions to create, what their websites look like and what music to play in their locations, everything was run through the lens of Alexis' eyes. If it was something Alexis would love, then the answer was yes. If it wasn't something she would love, then the answer was always no. They didn't run a product-centric company, they ran a customer-centric company. Their customer avatar is what drove everything from the products they created to the ads that they ran. When Perry first told me this story, I had my big aha. Most entrepreneurs mistakenly think that their business is about them, but it's not. On the contrary, your business is about your customer. If you want customers or traffic to come into your funnels, then you have to be able to find them online. And if you want to find them online, then you have to start to understand them at a much deeper level. Becoming obsessed with your dream customers. The first step in this process is to become obsessed with your dream customers. Companies that become obsessed with their products will eventually fail. As we've grown ClickFunnels, I've seen this happen time and time again. Every company we've competed against, even though some of them had hundreds of millions of dollars in funding behind them, eventually lost to us because they were busy focusing on their products while we became obsessed with our customers. What do I mean when I say obsessed? Well, being obsessed with your customer means understanding them just as well, if not better than they understand themselves. For many, this is the most difficult part of the process, even though you may have actually been your dream customer not too long ago. Often just remembering how you felt when you were trying to solve the very problem that you're now solving for people is usually hard. I was recently talking to my friend, Nicholas Barely, about the fact that most businesses are created from a problem that an entrepreneur had and their product or service was a result of them figuring out the solution to that problem. Our mess becomes our message, Nicholas said. When you're frustrated about a problem you're having, you look for a solution. If you're not able to find the solution that gives you the results that you want, then you'll likely go on a journey to find or create your own solution. In that way, your problem becomes your business. In other words, your mess becomes your message. If that's true, then you need to look back in time to find the point where you were struggling with the same problem that your dream customer has now. Then you need to remember what you were feeling when you were in that pain. In our community, we have some amazing examples of leaders who have made their mess their message. And one of my favorite power couples is Stacey and Paul Martino. Years ago, they found themselves at a crossroads. Their relationship was broken. Paul had tried for months to stay, but eventually he felt so much pain that he decided to leave. As he broke the news to Stacy late one night, she broke down and cried. Her relationship was over, and the pain she felt was too much to bear. I won't tell their full story here, but the short version is that because of this experience, Stacy knew that to save her relationship, she needed to change first. She put in the work to transform herself, and in the process of her changing, Paul changed as well. After saving their own marriage, they developed a unique process to heal marriage that doesn't require couple's work. Instead, they believe that it takes just one person in a relationship to change it for the good. Their mess became their message, and now they've dedicated their lives to helping others find relief from the same pain that they felt years earlier. With their unique systems and tools, they've helped to save thousands of marriages. In a society where more than 50% of all marriages end in divorce, the students who go through their program only have a 1% divorce rate. Stacy and Paul are successful at finding and helping their dream customers because just a few years ago, they were their dream customers. Because they really deeply understood the pain, they could identify their dream customers' goals and aspirations and can identify where they were congregating to help move them towards those goals. They are a product of their product. In the early 20th century, Robert Collier published one of the great books on copywriting the Robert Collier Letter Book. In this book, he shares how to really understand your customers. If you're going to find them, persuade them to follow you, and hopefully change their lives with the products and the services you sell, you need to know and understand them better than they understand themselves. Collier believe that we as marketers should not be trying to figure out how to create the next amazing ad campaign, but instead we need to learn how to enter the conversations already taking place in the customers' minds. If you want to really understand who your dream customers are and where they are congregating online, you need to be able to enter the conversations already taking place inside of their mind and see the world the way that they see it. When you can truly understand the core pains they are trying to move away from and the core desires and passions they are trying to move towards, it becomes really easy to identify exactly where they exist online. As soon as you know where they are online, then you can hook them and bring them into your funnels where you can serve them. We will go into greater detail on how to do that throughout the rest of this book. Now that we have the foundation covered, let's dive into identifying your dream customers with the three core markets, sometimes known as the three core desires. The three core markets slash desires. In Expert Seekers, I introduce the concept of the three core markets or the three core desires. The three desires, in no particular order, are health, wealth, and relationships. When people purchase any product from anyone, they're hoping to get a certain result in one of those three areas of their lives. So the first question you need to answer is this. Which of these three desires is my future dream customer trying to receive when they buy my product or service? This is the very first layer to getting inside the minds of your dream customer. And for most people, the answer is pretty simple. However, sometimes people get stuck in this question for one of two reasons. Reason number one, my product fits into more than one of these desires. Many products can be marketed towards getting a result in more than one of these desires, but your marketing message can only focus on one of them. Anytime you try to get your potential customer to believe in two things, your conversions will usually cut in half, most times by 90% or more. To target two different desires, you need two different ads leading to two different funnels. Only focus on one desire with each message you put into the market. Reason number two, my product doesn't fit into any of the desires. This false belief was best resolved at one of our recent events where someone told one of my head coaches, Steve J. Larson, this exact same thing. Steve responded by telling the story of Gillette razors and asking which desire a razor fulfilled. At first, everyone was quiet, and then a few people started guessing. Uh, Health, another mumbled, or... Maybe, um, Steve then played one of the Gillette ads. In it, you see how the story develops. First, a man is shown shaving. After the shave, a beautiful woman gets closer to him. And then the two go out for the night on the town. Finally, the ad shows the two together back at home in their room. After showing the ad, Steve asked the question again a little differently. What desire was this marketing message created for? Instantly, everyone responded, Relationships. Most products can fit into multiple categories, even if they may look like they don't fit into any category at all. But no matter what, the key is that your marketing message can and must be focused on only one of the three core desires. I want you to take a few minutes and decide which of the three core markets or desires your product or service currently fits into. Away from pain towards pleasure. Now that you've identified which core desire your product or service is focused on, the next step to entering the conversation inside your customer's mind is to understand which direction they are moving. Every human being on this planet is always moving in one of two directions when they make a decision, away from pain or towards pleasure. Moving away from pain. The first direction that people can be moving in is away from pain. Let me show you a few examples of moving away from pain for each desire. Health, moving away from pain. I'm overweight and I don't feel comfortable in my clothes. I don't have energy and I feel tired all the time. I hate what I see when I look in the mirror. Now wealth, moving away from pain. I hate my job and I want to fire my boss. I have no money saved and I'm scared I could lose my job. Everyone around me makes more money than I do. Relationships moving away from pain. I'm in a bad relationship and I don't know how to get out. I feel alone and I want to feel what love feels like. I feel awkward and I'm around people I don't know. Each of those statements above are conversations that people are having inside of their own minds. Well, these are broad examples, when I actually wrote down the thoughts that my particular dream customer was having, I did three things to try to understand the conversations they were having with themselves each day. Number one, I wrote out hundreds of phrases that I used to say to myself when I was trying to solve this problem for myself initially. Number two, I looked online in forums, message boards, and groups to see what other people are saying when they're trying to get out of pain. And number three, I really tried to put myself in their shoes and wrote out what I believe people were thinking. Exercise. For this exercise, I want you to write down at least a dozen things that your potential future customers are saying or thinking as they're trying to move away from pain. This exercise is something that you should be continually doing every day. I'm always looking for the questions and the statements that people in my market are saying as they try to move out of their pain. Moving towards pleasure. The second direction that people can be moving in is towards pleasure. They don't have a desire for health, wealth, or relationships because they're unhappy. They have a desire because they're happy and looking for more. Let me show you a few examples of moving towards pleasure for each desire. Health, moving towards pleasure. I want to get six-pack abs. I want to be able to run a marathon. I want to eat healthier so I can have more energy. Wealth, moving towards pleasure. I want to buy my dream house or my dream car. I want to grow my company so I can have more impact. I want to learn leadership so I can grow my team. Relationships, moving towards pleasure. I want more passion in my relationships. I want to spend more time with my spouse and my kids. I want to meet more people through networking. Do you see how different these phrases are even though they are addressing the same core desire? You can refer to the supplemental PDF to see them side by side. It's powerful to see that while everyone may be trying to accomplish the same goal, the reasons why they are doing it is almost polar opposites. Exercise. Now, I want you to spend a few minutes doing the second exercise. Write down at least a dozen phrases that people in your market who are moving towards pleasure may have running on a loop in their heads. The more phrases you can find, the more traffic streams you'll be able to tap into. So make it a continual process to identify and write down the conversations happening inside your customers' minds. And as you'll see in the next secret, understanding the phrases that are going on inside your customers' minds in both directions, moving away from pain and towards pleasure, will guide you to finding them. The searcher and the scroller. To really understand how to use the conversations that are going on inside the minds of your dream customers, we need to go back in time a few hundred years ago before the internet, before TV, and before radio to where traffic began. Until the early 1800s, people mainly obtained products based on what they needed. They would be in some type of pain and they would go search for a solution to solve it. It started with food. Our ancestors had a desire for health, food. So they would search for food, kill it, and bring it home. In more modern times, we have stores. When you need food or something else in your home, you'd go to the local store, search for what you need, and buy it. In 1886, the Yellow Pages directory was created, and it was awesome for consumers because you could find exactly what you needed, and business owners had the luxury of people simply showing up, looking for what they had to sell. It seemed like the perfect solution, except for one thing. As a business owner, if you wanted to make more money or grow your company, you were not in control. You had to wait for people to have a need in order for them to come and to find you. But then, in 1927, the television was invented. And just 15 short years later, on July 1, 1942, during the Brooklyn Dodgers-Philadelphia Phillies game in Ebbets Field, the first ever TV commercial aired. At the time, there were over 4,000 televisions in New York, and on that day, while families gathered around to watch the big game on NBC, it was interrupted by the first-ever TV commercial. That ad, which was just nine seconds long and cost only $9, featured a map of America with a Bulva watch clock face in the middle. At the end of the ad, a voice announced, America runs on Bulva time. And with those nine seconds, the shift from search advertising to interruption advertising had officially begun. People watching TV that night were not searching for a new watch, but as they saw the commercial and the pictures of the watch, it placed a seed of desire in their hearts and their minds. They didn't need this watch, but they wanted it. This TV commercial gave business owners a window where they could grab their potential customers' attention long enough to plant a seed of desire and show the perceived value of what they were selling. No longer would people only buy when they needed something. Now advertisers had the ability to create desire and sell people stuff that they wanted. This interruption advertising started happening in other types of media such as radio, newspapers, and direct mail. The process was simple. Get a captive audience, entertain or educate them, and then, when they have their full attention, interrupt them with your message. You can then grab their attention and create a desire for the product or service that you are selling. Nowadays, this type of interruption advertising happens every day around you, but I'm guessing you didn't realize how profound of an impact those advertisements actually made on your buying decisions. To show you how effective interruption advertising is versus traditional search advertising behind the scenes, I want to share with you a story from my friend Trevor Chapman. Trevor used to run a big sales team of people who sold alarm systems door-to-door. At the time, if you were to go to Amazon and search for home security systems, you would quickly find hundreds of options, each one competing on price. If someone had a need for an alarm and went to Amazon to buy it, usually they would buy the cheapest one that still had the highest ratings. Trevor then compared people searching online for home security systems to what his sales team did every day. He explained, we would go down the street and knock on people's doors and interrupt them from their days. Minutes earlier, they had no desire for a home security system. Because we interrupted them though, we had a small window where we could make a presentation and show them the perceived value of our home alarm system. This presentation would create a desire in them to buy the alarms from us. We would then make them a special offer that they could only get from us right there, right then. In less than an hour, we'd walk away with a monthly monitoring contract that would be worth over $2,999 to us in the next five years, as opposed to the $199 version they would get by buying the alarm on Amazon. It's interesting to note that when the internet started just a few decades ago, it followed a very similar pattern. It began with searches. People had some type of need, usually to get out of some type of pain, and they would immediately go to the search engines looking for a solution to their problems. Later, we were all introduced to social media through platforms like MySpace, Facebook, and Instagram. And just like the Bulva ad in 1941, in 2007, Facebook announced the first ever social interruption advertising with Facebook ads. People would be online talking to their friends, posting pictures, liking images and videos. And then, suddenly, your ad would show up in their Facebook feed. You had a small window of time to grab their attention, create a desire for your product or service, and to make a special offer. The pros and cons for search. The pros for search-based traffic is that when they come to you, they're hot buyers who are ready to buy. This is similar to people who walk into your store or find you in the Yellow Pages and give you a call. The con with search-based traffic is that they're not just searching, they're also comparing options with your competitors. you got to be the price leader as well as the quality leader and the niche leader. People who are searching are also researching all of those things. So until you become good at funnels and offers, you're likely going to be trying to beat your competitors by lowering your prices. Unfortunately, trying to be the cheapest product is never a good strategy. The pros and cons for interruption. As a marketer, you can target people who are interested in certain people, ideas, TV shows, or bands, and then you can interrupt them with your ads. You open a small window of time where you can grab their attention and show them the perceived value of what you're selling. You no longer have to wait around for someone to come looking for you. You can now create desire in your dream customers. The pros for social-based interruption traffic is you can target warm traffic based on people's interests. Therefore, you can sell based on the perceived value of your product or service. The con for social-based interruption traffic is that because the customer isn't actively looking for you, you have to become good at your hook, story, offer where you can grab their attention, tell them a story, and then make them an offer. We'll be covering how to do this in more detail in secret number three. Now that you've identified who your dream customer avatar is, what their core desires are, and if they're moving away from pain or towards pleasure, the next question we ask is, where are they congregating? As you will learn in the next chapter, there are congregations where the scrollers are hanging out and congregations you can target for the searchers.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, Russ will be back to share another chapter from his book. If you're trying to find ways to share your message with the world, please look at the link in the description to get your copy of Traffic Secrets today. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Please subscribe to the show and give us a review down below. We look forward to seeing you next time.